Welcome to another episode of I'm Really Into That Stuff. I'm your host, Jana Stern, and our co-host here, the beautiful Marina Craft. That's me. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I love to see your face. I I love love to see yours. (laughs) So today we are diving into lineage, Mm -hmm. intergenerational healing. Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) Those... Those words just weigh on me. I think this is such an important topic. I think everyone needs to understand pretty much why they were put into the families that they're in, why they chose them. Yes. And, and, and that, that is sort of a good place to start, which is the understanding is that from a esoteric place, we, our spirits Mm -hmm. chose the life and the challenges and the triumphs that we face, we chose this from birth. And so this is where, you know, when, when people kind of who are religious or spiritual say, you know, God never gives us more than we can handle. That's not like some abstract sentence. That's, that's literally the truth. We've signed this sort of energetic contract to say, yes, these will be my parents. This will be my life. I will have these kinds of challenges. I will face this, that, and this, and it will be sometimes because of the people that I've chosen as my parents and other times in spite of the people that have chosen as my parents, mm-hmm. but, and grandparents and great grandparents. I mean, we think about the miracle of human beings, right? You, of all the sperm that could have impregnated of all the times that your parents could have had sex and the one sperm that created you, it's a miracle, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a little miracle. And so as that you know, as your spirit comes into the world before you take your first breath that determines your birth chart, you've already agreed. These are my people and I'm going to face whatever kind of fuckery they have for me. (laughs) How tough is that though to accept sometimes when you feel like you're in less than ideal circumstances? Girl, (laughs) we'll get into it in in a little bit. Some Mm -hmm. of what my lineage is all about, but yeah, that can be tough to swallow. It's a big pill. Yeah. Our souls chose our current families because there's lessons to be had and there's evolution to be had consciously. And um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like things, lineages, parts of, parts of the lineage to be broken as well. Sometimes we have that responsibility. Karma, karma to clear. Karma. Yes. That's the word. Karmic karmic ties to cut and a lot. And the word star seed is something that's thrown around a lot in uh, the community I find. And I think, yeah. And that term, and you know, there are a lot of star seeds being born into the planet in the last, I don't know, I guess what, 50 years. We like officially since 85, but I mean, star seeds have been coming to this planet forever. Jesus was probably a star seed. Sure. But there's yeah. been an acceleration, I guess, yes. within the last 30 odd years. 30, 36. Thir- um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 30, 30 to 50 years, we'll say. Yes. yes. And with these star seeds that have been born onto the planet, have chosen to be born at this time, have also taken on the responsibility to break karmic ties in yes. their chosen family lineage. And again, collective for the collective growth, right? A very 
strange, hard, difficult spill, spill pill <laughs> to swallow. Yes. Uh, spill. Maybe it is a spill. It's interesting because for so long, when we first started learning about DNA and genetics as a as a planet, right, as a as, as a science, mm. um, we sort of thought, okay, you get these these chromosomes; they are as they are, and that's you. You're you you are you forever. Um, yeah. But when we talk about evolutionary process, we talk about what we know now in science. We know that actually you can change your genetics like that. One of the healings that I do called the life activation absolutely changes your genetics. It changes your DNA so that you relate to yourself differently, right? And there are countless ways that we can change our genetics, but the the truth of it is the more that we relate to our genetics as something that can be changed instead of something that we're kind of stuck with, it makes swallowing that pill a hell of a lot easier. It's sort of like the water that helps you swallow it because you're not stuck with your family. You've chosen them for a reason. And once you start to understand what those reasons are and you sort of detach yourself from the daily ongoings of the dramatics as they unfold, but you sort of step back and go, okay, what am I here really to do about this? Helps us to really feel like we're changing something in our worlds and in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when you become more aware of your awakened path. I think if you're suddenly choosing to awaken and be more conscious and be more aware of all of this, this means that you are this person. You are the person to break a lineage. And this doesn't mean, you know, suddenly go into your family and start sitting there witnessing their unhealed trauma and, you know, trying to figure out what is it that you're supposed to be breaking. It's going to naturally come about over time. And it could be in ways that you don't even really realize. I personally think it's when you suddenly step into this state of maturity and independence Mm. as your own self when it comes to interacting with your family. Yes. Yes. Like when you begin to stand up for yourself more and your own beliefs and your own self and your own independence. And you start to, I think, I mean, again, it's, it's different for everybody, but the way I guess I'm personally perceiving it is when you start to separate yourself from the matrix of your family. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you experience their triggers and rather than playing into it, you sort of step back and go, hmm, I see that, you know, and this is, this is where I often, I say so often, parents are people, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we forget uh, that. <laughs> we do. And, you know, they are people who are coping with their own realities, often from a place of not understanding that they did come here and choose this themselves and that there is purpose. I mean, so especially as starseeds, you know, as light workers, as whatever the hell you want to call us, most often our parents are not that. I mean, sometimes they are, but most often they're not. And when that happens, it can create a lot. And thankfully with the younger generations, that's not true, right? That's why our our humanity is evolving so fast right now, because our generation now have children and their children are children of starseeds. Yeah. They're children of light workers. So they, the understanding is completely different. But when, when we as, as, as millennials, as, as adults, um, you know, even as, as Gen Z or as Gen X, when we are relating to our parents, 
it's about sort of spacing ourselves and saying, okay, I know that you were parented X, Y, and Z. Maybe they had an alcoholic parent. Maybe they had an abusive parent. Maybe they had, you know, great parents that sort of suppressed everything and put everything, you know, just under the surface and under the rug, um, you know, or, or maybe, I mean, like certainly the, the conversation around mental health for our parents' generation is not the conversation that is happening today. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we sort of space ourselves from what, how they're being triggered and not playing into it with them, we break it. And I think going back to what you said about DNA, I really think it's all about choice and belief system. Hmm. I really love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I talk about him a few times on this podcast already, I think. And he's all about meditation and the science of meditation and how it can alter your consciousness, but he does also talk about how meditation can alter your DNA, your genetic makeup. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's all about what you're believing to be true and what you're believing to be there. So Mm -hmm. he has a lot of studies where he's had people who have had some kind of chronic illness or some disability that they were told they could never walk again or they'd be sick forever or whatever Mm -hmm. the doctors would tell them. And then they just began to believe it. But then suddenly something shifted in them and they started to say, well, what if there is another way? What if there is a way for me to heal? What if there is a way for me to walk again or for me to not live with this illness? Sure. Incredible studies where through his meditations, where he begins to get inside these certain vortexes of the brain through these meditations, it shifts DNA and there's scientific proof now. And so these people then are suddenly walking, they're, they're healthy again, they're vibrant. And it's because they shifted their DNA through their mind. Yeah. John Kabat-Zinn, who, who kind of is the grandfather of mindfulness. Mm. Um, he wrote many different books and, and I, I actually took a course with him. He sort of was the first to bring mindfulness and yoga together in this way um, he, I, he was sort of part of the Westernization of, of yoga. Um, okay. And John Kabat-Zinn has similar studies where people started meditating, you know, they were cancer patients, they were terminally ill patients and the mind, you know, I mean, listen, there are, there are proven um, studies of people who have split personality disorder and there are quite literally in one human physical body, one personality believes that they have cancer, shows symptoms and tests positive in in scientific ways for cancer. And another personality in the exact same physical body does not show signs. The mind is a powerful tool. Incredible. So then that, that makes you think then, what are you believing that you were brought up by your parents that they were believing that's probably not even true or doesn't have to be true for you. Literally all of it. Everything (laughs) that you think about yourself is a conspiracy theory. Mm. Oh, I love that. It's it's all just a theory. You're like, theoretically, I had this childhood and these memories. And what's crazy is that you can go to your siblings or your parents and talk about a very specific moment that you have a very specific memory about. And they're like, actually, it happened this way. And in their mind, that is the truth. And then you've been living all this time with these emotions about it and this imagery in your head. Yes. Crazy. And especially with parents. 
Mm. You're like, you traumatize me. And they're like, actually it happened this way. You're like, but I remember it being traumatic. They're like, no, really not. Like, right. But then that's also interesting because when it comes to, I guess, family trauma or childhood trauma, what may not have been, what may not have seemed a big deal to the parent and was a big deal to the child. I feel like then there has to be a conversation with, where they both honor each other, especially I think the parent has to honor when the child felt traumatized and recognize that, okay, maybe I didn't see it that way. Yes. This is, this is an ongoing, uh, I hate to say it this way, but an ongoing war that I wage Mm. on many different fronts all Mm. the time, constantly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that is that we need to have parents, you know, I mean, I, I have a number of friends who are therapists and when I, you know, and I'm, I'm in the process of, of creating something for children specifically. And when I go and I do my research with these different therapists, particularly child psychologists, one of the main issues that psychologists have are with the children's parents and convincing them of how to parent them differently than they believe they're supposed to parent them. Mm. You know, I I mean, listen, I'm not a parent. I don't know how difficult it is and what is necessary to get through it. But I do understand that there is a level of giving of yourself that comes quite instinctively for most people. And you give in the way that you know how to give as a person, which is why parents are people. But it's about parenting your child the way that your parent, your child needs to be parented, not the way that you think they need to be parented. And so this is why as adults, often we go back to our parents and say, what I needed from you was this and you did not give it to me. I need you to now acknowledge that I needed A, B, and C. It's my responsibility as an adult to heal myself. So I need to be the one to do that work and Mm -hmm. heal myself and reparent myself to change my genetics. But this would be a hell of a lot easier if you could acknowledge my need for that validation. When do you think it's appropriate to have those kind of conversations? As soon as you have the awareness. Yeah. And for some children, I mean, I have friends with, with kids who are, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and their children will literally look at them and say, mommy, you're not being very nice. And I think I deserve to be treated better. Let me tell you that if those, that came out of my mouth, I, everybody would have been shocked at eight years old. I only knew how to get ragey and angry and bitchy and snappy and unkind, right? That was all I had. It was my only defense mechanism. But these baby star seeds, they're just, they come to earth so goddamn illuminated that they just sort of energetically slap their parents in the face without needing to do it physically. Their awareness and their knowledge at a younger age is so much more profound than our generations were. You know, it makes you feel a bit like, oh, why, <laughs> why couldn't we have been like that? But we're like that now and we're still so young. So I feel like yeah. us doing that work now is better than never doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now in the, in the literal sense, 2021 now is the time to be having these conversations and doing this work. I mean, we've been in our houses locked in for almost a year 
Yeah. Every single solitary person has had some moment of thinking about their lineage and their family and the bullshit that they have been tolerating, whether that's a family all living in one house and kids fighting with parents and parents fighting with children, or if it's families that are dispersed or grown up, or, you know, if there are people who are adopted or, or people who are, you know, living on the street or people who are, I mean, there, there are just, I mean, the homeless problem that is spreading all over the globe right now is Mm -hmm. not a homeless problem. It's a humanity problem. We don't Mm -hmm. treat those human beings as being valuable. So we're like, just throw them on the street, just shove them away, get them out of my sight, and then they'll be out of mind. But that's not how it works. And linear healing or healing your lineage, not linear healing, but healing your lineage or healing your your genetics through meditation, through energetic healings, through all kinds of other pieces. Mm. You know, working with crystals is a huge one. Lemurian yeah. crystals. I mean, oh, I love a Lemurian Lemurian quartz. Gorgeous. Yeah, there she is. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So I'm kind of feeling like some listeners are right now are getting a bit confused by this term lineage healing and breaking. Mm. I, I feel like it's still a big concept and a big word. So maybe we can break down what that can kind of look like for some people. I'm, I'm currently thinking of people who are families who have um, a lineage of, let's say, a certain strain of cancer. Mm-hmm. or yeah. some illness, you know, or, or, yes. or, or some kind of genetic disorder of some kind. Got I feel it. like maybe that's a good simple way to mm-hmm. talk about it because it's something that so many people believe that they carry. Like they have, oh, I have the cancer gene. So I'm going to, I'm bound to get it by 35 and right. dead by 50. And it's like, whoa, right. that's a crazy heavy belief system. Yes, it is. And, and, and it is a belief system, right? It's like, you, yes, genetically, you might be predisposed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and on a personal level, genetically, I'm predisposed to mental illness, mm-hmm. right? But I made the decision that, that I, that's just not going to be my story. I'm not yes. going to land up that way. And so every single day, I've had to make choices to think thoughts that are not geared in that direction. So mm. let's use that example of, of, of people Mental who health. have, or, or even cancer. So, okay, let's say that your, your grandmother died of cancer at a relatively young age. Then your mother also dies of cancer at a relatively young age. And in your mind, all you are thinking is, I'm going to die at a young age. All mm. the women my that that came before me have died at a young age from this disease. There is no way that I, that I won't. And the more you think it, just like everything else, I mean, this is law of attraction 101. Mm. If, you are, if you are thinking it over and over and over again, the universe will bring it to you. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're not, if, if, if you just are, are sitting with that now, now, if you were to say to yourself, actually, I'm going to live, and I'm, I'm going to go beyond this. Now, listen, I knew a, a girl who's literally, that was her story. And unfortunately at 36 years old, she also died. Um, and she was such a fighter. She fought so hard, but the point was that it was a fight in order to really, truly shift things 
in your lineage, it cannot feel like a battle all the time. It has to feel easy. Not simple, but there needs to be ease to it because otherwise you can get so stuck in the old story that this is going, this is how it will be. This is what it will be that you are bound to it and it is bound to you. Everything that happens in your mind happens in your body. Everything that happens in your energy field happens in your body, right? So breast cancer in particular, the reason that it is so you are so susceptible to it if your mother dies for it from it is because your heart is literally broken all your life. Mm. Your heart chakra is so susceptible to that pain and anguish that comes from losing a parent young that the likelihood is the heartbreak of it keeps your heart chakra so overactive that you are susceptible to physical energy entering, energetic and energy entering into your body and causing a cancer that kills you. Uh, and that's why I think doing any kind of energy healing is so beneficial. Yes. Because then you get that checked out, really. And you get to move through the process of healing that and yes. yourself less susceptible to those diseases. Yes, yes. And this is why, you know, learning, I mean, I, I cannot talk enough about learning where your chakras are, what they do, how your physical ailments align with your chakras. I mean, I have a whole PDF. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, what the hell do I do to heal myself? Send me a message, DM me and be like, give me your PDF girl. Cause I need to start doing the work because that just the little bits of um, mantras, so the the affirmations that you're saying, and the mudras, the hand mo mo movements, the crystals, the the oils, the the different things that you can bring into your world to access healing in these places will change your genetics, and that changes yeah. not only for you, but if you're somebody who has kids or wants kids, it changes it for them too. Because once it's done in you, it's done; it doesn't come back. Because healing, while it's not linear, it's certainly got a trajectory. Once you start on the path, you can't go backwards on the path. You don't ever, you might stop meditating for a while. You might fall off. You know, you might go dancing on the, you know, off the path in the fields there, but eventually you're going to find your way to wherever you're meant to go, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the more that you fall off the path, the the tougher life feels for you. Like you said before, it's supposed to feel easy. Even I think tough decisions are supposed to feel right in a way when you know it's the right move. Yes. Like yes. that's what I think you mean by it's supposed to feel easy. So I get that. Actually, speaking of disease and that living yeah. in the body, I think that we can carry a lot of unhealed, like when we aren't not, again, when we aren't healing something about ourselves from our trauma, from our childhood or something that we're suppressing, yes, it affects the different chakras. And this is just kind of bouncing off what you said, but recognizing that we can hold so much energy in our body that then can also manifest in weight gain as well, or yeah. hair loss or any, any breakouts breakouts. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a yeah. big, heavy, deadly disease, but it, it can could be, be something as simple as eczema. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all of this has some kind of factor to it. And so I think it's so good to acknowledge 
when you're not feeling good, if you're feeling lethargic, if you've noticed, you know, you're putting on weight or if you're not paying attention to something within you, then it might be time to look at what, what chakra does this align with Mm -hmm. and what is the healing that can move forward with this. So yeah, you can definitely message you can definitely message Jana or I, but there are also a lot of resources online, but so to speak many. to us personally would be really helpful too. But so many resources online to just check in and say like, what is the chakra that's aligned with acne or what's energy healing for acne? And you'll see tons of things now because that's where the world is going. You know, the, the world that we're trying to blossom is this kind of world where we understand when we're out of alignment or something is being stuck in the body energetically. Yes. Um, I do want to say a really good modality is tapping. Do you know about tapping EFT? Oh yeah. Yeah. Since, since I was in treatment, I've been doing tapping. That is such a powerful tool to change your genetics. Absolutely. Yeah. Because when you do it, you're meditating on what you want to shift and then you begin to do these tapping techniques on certain meridian points of your body and then it actually eliminates the energy, or at least it starts to unstuck it a bit. I like to see it like you're foam rolling or massaging out a tight muscle because mm. you know, the muscle, it's all this tissue that's been binded together. Yes. And so when we start foam rolling or massaging it out, you're starting to loosen up the muscle. But sometimes if it's really, really tight and in there, you have to do it a few times before it's released. So Definitely. if you're holding on to some trauma or some lineage kind of stuff, then you might have to do some tapping or some energy work for a while Yeah, to really EFT, get it out. EFT is like one of those incredible things that yeah, it's powerful. almost inexplicable. You're like, all right, so I'm going to tap on my forehead and then my temple and then my cheek and then this and then that. I remember the first time I ever did it, you know, just like any other spiritual practice, I was like, this is insane and obviously for a crazy person and probably doesn't work. And why am I doing this? Right. I remember I was in treatment at the time and I was seeing a number of different therapists. And this particular therapist, this was her specialty. She would sort of talk and, and actually funnily enough, she brought me into the world of, of John Kabat-Zinn and meditation and and all of that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I remember the first time that I, that I actually felt a release. I remember I was tapping my chin. I don't even remember what I was talking about, but I remember tapping my chin, which is the one that I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> what? Who yeah. cares? And as soon as I got to my chin, I just burst into tears and I could mm. feel, you know, that feeling when you, if you're, if, if you guys are criers out there, you know, that feeling when you're crying and the, the tears cleanse your soul and yeah. just say, you don't need to hold this anymore. Young, young one, like oh. it's been in your body. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel that. I feel that, it out, you know, and tears are so good. I love to cry. I love to cry. It just makes me feel like something is completed. Something is fresh afterwards, you know, a good cry ain't nothing like it, but yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that, the different methods of accessing healing are, are, are so powerful. And, you know, it, this is where I get so frustrated about all of the woo woo, you know, because these releases that happen in the physical body 
are so real and they change your life. Yeah. When I think back to who I was at that time, before I developed all these tools and had all these things in my tool belt of spiritual practices, energetic practices, I was a very angry, unhappy, lost girl. Yeah. I was hungry as fuck. You know, I didn't eat. I threw up all the time. I was bitchy. I was, you know, I was the girl to snap at Starbucks baristas and everybody around me. And I was always hot tempered and, you know, and now I live a life that's relatively calm and chill. I mean, I'm very extra, but. (laughs) Well, you know, now what's going on when something is triggering you or if someone else is being triggered, you have this awareness now and you're not just unconsciously yelling and being triggered and triggering other people. Like there's more of an awareness. Yes. And to, to be fair, like I'm the same way. I have my moments too. I'm not always just this Zen Buddha and always fully aware and conscious of my actions. In fact, sometimes it's after the fact that I'll suddenly realize, oh, I was triggered there or I triggered that person or that person triggered me or there was some kind of exchange that created disharmony in the energy because I'll start to feel it after. And I think you do as well. And it's just suddenly becoming more aware of that. And what's so great about becoming more enlightened to this work is then you begin to do the work to process that and heal it. And yes, I love a good cry. I love a good cry as well, a good healing, cleansing cry. And I know that if things feel tough, I just have to cry it out. And I do feel better because I allowed my emotions to release my body. Yeah. Crying. I think it, you know, as we're speaking about it, crying really is a privilege. Hmm. There are so many folks out there who don't cry. They just, they just yeah. don't let themselves cry. And, yeah. you know, they hold back the tears or they suppress them. You know, men in particular, but women too, who just simply put it all the emotions into an air-sealed box and they put it up on a shelf and they just don't, they don't ever open that because the, the, I think the fear is that when you start crying, you might never stop. But- yeah you know, I often speak in my practice to my clients that no emotion ever stays forever Yeah. because you might always feel about a certain person or relationship or dynamic or um, situation the same way. You may always feel, you know, my mother is this, or my father is this, or my brother or my whomever is you know, always showing up this way and it's going to all, and it's always been that way. And it might always be that way. Like, first of all, that's a limiting belief, but also it can shift so long as you are shifting. And the only way to shift is to allow the energy to move. And when we talk about the elements, fire, earth, air, water, water, tears is how we move energy. So if you're not allowing yourself to cry, you are holding that emotion in you and that for so many people is a coping mechanism. For so many people, it is a way to not- Stay strong. Yeah, and not drown in tears. Yeah. But energies, emotions constantly change, constantly. You're like happy one minute and then you're sad the next and then you're enthralled the next, then you're angry the one after that. Like everything is constantly moving and changing and we need to really tap into that, not be fearful of getting stuck in the sad, you know? I just had a thought actually about how all this 
pertains as well to this lineage healing that we keep talking about. And what it really is with all this healing is just changing the story. Yes. Changing your belief system. But I keep hearing changing the story. And that is how you break unhealthy patterns within your family. And within yourself, right? Within yourself. Mm -hmm. For me, changing the unhealthy patterns of, of not eating and purging and binging and all of that stuff was about acknowledging it, being like, hi, I have an issue. The issue needs to be addressed and then shifted. And it was on me to do mm-hmm. the work. It was on me t- to say, okay, I got to go to treatment. Okay. I'm going to go to treatment and commit to it. Now I need this kind of therapy. I need that kind of therapy. I need this kind of energy healing, that kind of medication, this kind of that. And to continue to pursue that work every day with a conscious choice that that is, I'm not going to live a life like this. I'm going to live it like that. And some days being committed to that path looks like I'm not committed at all. And other Mm -hmm. days it looks like I'm a big rah, rah, you know, hooray kind of commitment. Um, And most days it falls somewhere in between, but I recognize that in my lineage, there is a lot of intergenerational trauma um, on both sides and how that trauma manifests, how that looks, you know, in, is different. But I know, you know, I know that my grandparents were, you know, my, my great grandparents were Russian. They came over, you know, from, from Russia during the war to, you know, not die in the Holocaust, you know, And, and, and there, there are so many pieces, you know, even that being Jewish, I mean, talk about intergenerational trauma for fuck's sakes. Like Jews have been persecuted for generations and generations and generations to the point that you who have Jewish lineage in you mm-hmm. carry that trauma also, Yeah, you know, well, it's interesting. Color, you know? Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole other block to go around, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's funny because I have always been so drawn to Jewish history and culture and Israel is one of the top places I feel like I have to visit because I think I will just have the most profound experience there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It, Israel is the most profound place in the world, even with all yeah, its shitty politics. It really calls to me, but I always attract Jewish people in my life. And I've always wondered, I mean, you're one of them, but you're one of, you know, many. So, you know, no offense, but you're one of many. (laughs) None taken. And as I've become more aware of this, I always thought, well, why is it always, what's with all these Jewish people entering my life? And like, what's, why is it this thing? And I have realized now that I do have some Jewish blood, like way back However, I feel like this is a lineage thing that I'm now healing or discovering, or I, you know, it's just so interesting how this has been manifesting in my life and I'm still exploring it. So I don't exactly have a full explanation of it yet, but Mm. I'm now choosing to explore that. And it's pretty amazing the kind of information that's coming up. So with that being said, I, I also feel like whatever is being naturally drawn to you. And I, I want the listeners to really maybe meditate on this and pay attention from here on out to see like what kind of people are coming into their life or what are they seem to be more passionate about and interested in that may yes. have some kind of connection yes. to 
a lineage of theirs. Yes, because spirit is constantly giving us messages. Absolutely. Constantly, constantly, constantly. So if you keep seeing numbers or, you know, you're, you were thinking of something and then it manifests into reality or, you know, whatever it is, it's all a sign. All of it is pointing you, keeping your compass. You know, it's like looking down at the compass. Am I on the right path? All right. Yeah. There's a feather on the ground. I'm on the right path. You yeah. know, there's a ladybug. I'm on the right path. And so, yeah, if you learn to follow those signs, you, you learn that no matter which way you're walking, it's the correct direction because each time you look down, there's another sign that guides you on your path. Absolutely. As you were just saying all that, I suddenly got this message from spirit speaking of <laughs> that. I think one of the reasons why I feel right now, one of the reasons why I haven't been to Israel yet is because I'm supposed to go there for some healing, like some deep generational healing. Mm -hmm. And I think that when I go, I know I'll be an emotional mess. And I think yes. that I have to be very prepared for that experience. It is a pilgrimage. Yeah. It is a pilgrimage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, so, and, you know, for many colored folks, you know, going to Africa is a pilgrimage, mm -hmm. you know, um, or, or I should say black folks. Um, but for, for other people, you know, returning to their, you know, for Indian folks who were born in other countries, returning to India, just like going back to your, your motherland, your homeland, there is so much clearing that happens in a lineage. I mean, you have settled in, in a place that your lineage is from and, and the amount of healing that you've experienced in the time that you've been there. I mean, holy shit to be there, especially at this time in the world where the whole world is imploding. And you're like, actually, I'm going to be just like casually thriving in England. Like it's yeah. a big deal, you know? And that's because a, you've done the work already and B yeah. because you know, you're, this is where you're meant to be. And you're good at listening. You're good at following the signs. You're good at hearing the niggling that you should do this or do that. And then going with that. Thank you for saying that. I agree. And for reference, um, I am living in London, England, for those who may not know. <laughs> yes. From Toronto, but from Toronto, from right? Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And Canada has never felt like my home. Canada always felt like this foreign place to me. I never felt connected. And it wasn't until I went to England in 2012. And also when I went to uh, Jordan, to the Middle East, I thought, oh, there's something here for me too. And I've always been called to more Middle, East, Middle Eastern culture. Right. And our lineages, our souls have been reincarnated so many times. And I wasn't always a white female. Well, so I want to be intentional about this. Okay. The understanding about incarnation is slightly off. Um, which is okay. to say that you only have one soul and it only incarnates physically into a body one time. Right. That said, when you are, before you are in a body, you are just energy. You are just soul. Mm -hmm. And when you are just energy, you can plug into any human being. So a moment ago, you got a download that was energy. That was source. That was a soul, soul, whatever you want to call it plugging into you, giving you the download, and then pulling back out again. When that soul incarnates in the physical reality, it will remember your lifetime in its entirety as a quote unquote past life because it's plugged into you. Time is not a real thing. It's a social construct that we've created. Energy, source, soul doesn't understand that. So 
You, Marina Pratt, have only ever incarnated in a soul one time, and that is all you will do. However, when you are in the energetic realm, you can plug in before your life and then after your life to any life to bestow any knowledge that you need to, want to, to any incarnated soul. So yes, you have plugged in to many different people, many different lives who have mm. been perhaps of color or, you know, native or what have you, you know, male, a non, you know, gender binary, any, any, any number of things, um, you know, you've, you've plugged into them over the years, over the millennia of humanity, you've plugged in, but you, the soul only incarnates one time. Right. Okay. I'm digesting that. And I think I get it. <laughs> um, so, so what do you think then? Because I'm currently thinking about, you know, there, we've had conversations about this where there are quite a lot of spiritual bypassers <laughs> that feel so connected to things like shamanism or native American culture of some degree and mm -hmm. there is a bit of this cultural appropriation yep. that goes on. Yep. Um, and there is a part of me that sees that and sees the disrespect in that. But then there's also a part of me that feels like, I'm sure there's a part of this person that feels this connection for a reason. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if we're going off topic here and not really, I, I mean, lineage, no, but I feel like it's, a, it's an aspect lineage. of it. I think this it's is a, lineage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so from my perspective, I'll say that it is incredible to connect in with other cultures and belief structures, especially when they are, when they prioritize soul, when they prioritize you know, spirit, when they prioritize ritual, when they prioritize planet earth, when they prioritize humanity, like we need more of that full mm. stop. Right. Mm. And so if, if, you know, white, white girl or white guy, a B or C decides I'm a shaman and I'm going to connect to the earth in this way. And here's how I'm going to pledge myself to the planet and the energies on it. Great. Good. That's great. But the thing about it is that in the now, in the here and the now, what's really important is for each and every individual to understand we are one humanity, mm. but you are an individual. You are in your individual reality that is the truth for you. So when we rewind time to before we all had this kind of conscious understanding of we are all one, if you go back, let's say 40, 50 years, and you try to explain to a white person in Alabama that you are the same as the black person down the road, there is no concept of that. There is no tie there. There is no thread to unite the two. Right. And that has meant that that white person who's still alive today and that black person who's still alive today has had an experience where they have been hugely divided. And just because you see something you like and you take it on does not mean like you are actually taking something away from that person's experience. So when, when white folks appropriate black culture, for example, or shamanism, mm -hmm. for example, it is a direct insult, A, to your own lineage, okay? And B, to the fact that other people 
have that work to do in their lineage. And yes, you know, when you go all the way back and back and back, our lineages are tied, right? Because eventually we all came from the Eve gene, the one human being. We all came from one source and that Mm -hmm. is still true. But in this now, what's important is letting every single person honor who they are, where they came from. This is why 23andMe is so you know huge right now because people want to know their genetics. Where the hell do I come from? Yeah. What are my own roots? And if you don't give people that space and you try and A, take their lineage as your own and B, deny your own lineage or, or, or bypass your lineage because you better identify with the shamanistic practices of Peru. No. So then how can, how can you then still explore that, but then also honor the boundaries of that culture? By not taking it on. So what do you mean by that? Not taking it on. Okay. So first of all, if you are white, Or if you are not, the truth is, if you are not given the title shaman from an existing native shaman, you are not a fucking shaman. Right. So you're saying don't call yourself a shaman. I'm saying don't call yourself anything except what the fuck you are. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to get at is people who are born, you know, let's say they were born in middle America. Sure. But then they somehow, you know, were guided to go to... Peru for some kind of work or whatever, some trip. And then they feel so connected to this place. Sure. That they want to start exploring what it is there. They maybe meet a shaman and then the shaman takes them on. Is that educate yourself? Okay. Educate yourself, but do not appropriate. Education versus appropriation are very, very, very different things. And Mm -hmm. this is where Black Lives Matter has been, you know, speaking to this ad nauseum for a reason. Educate yourself about how to have respectful, open conversations where you're not taking from somebody else. So, for example, let's use the, the, the culture of saging because that is such a huge one. Mm-hmm. I have asked my native Ojibwe native neighbors who live across the hall from me, I have asked them, what, is it okay if I sage? And the answer has been, if you are saging for yourself in your home to clear out the energy, yes, be mindful about how much sage you use. A little goes a long way. Those giant wands that they sell are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Use a tiny little leaf to do the job. That's enough. Be respectful of the plant. Be respectful of the planet. Be respectful of the lineage of it. And then do not go and teach other people how to sage. You are a white girl. It's not your job to teach other people. Right. If people come to you and say, how do I sage? Literally be like, here are my native neighbors. By all means, pay them. They will teach you. Mm-hmm. So right? learn and straight from the like, source. Yeah. Yes. And, and do not take it for yourself. Just because you learned about, you know, whatever it is does not make you the authority. This is why spiritual bypassers or people who just like learn about the chakras on Monday and they teach about it on Thursday. You're like, you don't fucking know. You just learn. Like if you go A, B, C, D all the way through Z, you don't then turn around to your next friend and be like, here's how you read, you know? So the appropriation 
the the most important thing I think about about not appropriating is that it, you are truly just deflecting from who you really are. Mm, okay. I'm trying to bring this back to the more lineage healings. If it's not in your direct lineage, don't don't fix it. I don't know. I guess because I feel like because I, I I love everything you're saying, but I think maybe my question before was a bit confusing because I you know we're talking about lineage and we're talking about breaking these generational things. And what I mean by suddenly being interested in another culture that isn't your own in this lifetime cannot be some kind of connection there. I guess, I guess maybe I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, look, we are all connected, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, of course there is a connection and there is a reason that you identify with it and a reason that, you know, it all connects for you. But- I think I actually got my answer. I I just got to download. Um, You got to stay in your own lane. Tell me, what's the answer? So, okay, I'm hearing that the answer to my question is when we start to get interested in another culture or another kind of, yeah, when we start to get interested in, in another culture and we start exploring that culture a bit, that's not our own, especially in this lifetime. I think what you were maybe saying before is that when we start to meet up with this culture, we, we start to learn and understand and not do any appropriation is when we do some kind of healing of almost both of that lineage together, because then there suddenly becomes this understanding of oneness. There isn't a separation anymore. Correct. And this once is where the web weaves. Yes. Together. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting it now. Okay. It's all coming to me. <laughs> So yeah, it's like, like you were saying in Tennessee 50 years ago, black and white was so segregated, but then today there could be the descendants of those two people that come together as friends that could be lovers lineage or lovers. And they create a child and that child, you know, that will happen. Humanity will be ongoing and that will happen. Yeah. You know? And, and that's why, you know, it's important. I said a moment ago, you got to stay in your own lane. You have your own work to do in your own life. And I do not know a single human being who identifies as shaman or whatever the other names, you know, druid, even healer to some extent, you know, it's a way of, of saying, well, I got shit in my, in my luggage that I'm not quite ready to unpack, but I like the way that these guys unpack, Mm. even though I've never experienced how it is to be any of those things in real life. Like, I don't know what it is to be a native American. I don't know how it has been to be on reservations and be yeah. treated the way that they were treated. I know what it is to be Jewish. I, I you know, and I, I know that quite deeply. And so it's my job on this planet to do healing in that world, you know, or in my world, because that's my lane to be in. Yeah. It's not my lane to go and and be like, oh, you know, if I were native or if I were black, I would do it this way. Right. And that's what I mean. You can't bypass your shit for somebody else's better, shinier looking thing from the outside. Mm -hmm. And I think what you did before with your neighbors is beautiful to actually ask them and receive that blessing. And I think that's super important. And, and especially as saging Palo Santo is another big one. No one, no one really even knows about Palo Santo's history and where it comes from and what it even is. And I think for the most part nowadays, everyone's burning, I think, fake Palo Santo. Listen, you know, the amount of fakeness that's out there in the world, who even knows (laughs) what's real? Everything really in this reality is a conspiracy theory. I'm convinced of it. But 
you know, we, we, we go through so many different um, versions of ourselves as we heal our lineage. And healing our own lineage is something that is ongoing for an entire lifetime because you never stop being from your family, right? Mm -hmm. And people mm -hmm. say it all the time, you don't choose your family, even though you do energetically before you get here. But once you're here, you're stuck with them, um, here in the physical that is. So once you're stuck with them, then it's on you to continually understand them and their wounds and traumas, and then relate to them differently and relate to yourself differently. And you know, you can only do that by focusing on yourself. As soon as you are focusing yeah. on any, on learning some practice outside of you and focusing on, on knowing that practice inside and out, you're betraying yourself. This is a huge part of the reason that I'm learning astrology because astrology and Judaism are so intertwined that if I really want to heal my lineage, I got to know this information. I got to know about Kabbalah. I got to know about the tree of life. I got to know about the flower and the seed of life. I got to know about all of these pieces because that's my lineage, right? You're right. The best way to heal and and break it is to really focus on yourself. I've actually noticed that for myself. Yeah. Um, the more that I have chosen my own journey and not listen to the, the fears of my family, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have, I shouldn't say entirely, like I have parts of my family that are highly encouraging, but parts of my upbringing where I realized there was a lot of fear in, um, in, the, in their projections. In yeah. 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 Projections yeah. is the word I'm, I was thinking of, um, mm -hmm. their projections onto me. So when I started to ignore their projections and ignore, you know, their own view of things on me and I started living my own life is when I started seeing major healing in my family. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't always come up in, in a conversation because sometimes they just aren't going to be able to hear it the way that you want them to. And sometimes it comes in the form of you just accepting, I recognize where they're at. I recognize their own triggers and traumas and how they are. Yes. And you just accept it and you can send them some love <laughs> and light. Yes. Send a little bit of that woo-woo their way. Yes. And and then see how it it manifests in the physical form in its own way. You, you, some things you just have to leave it up to spirit. Yes. Yes. And, and know that, you know, because you did choose this, if it is your intention and in your deepest truth and your deepest heart of hearts that this will change, it will be so full stop. Yeah. So if you don't want to be, you know, somebody who, who gets breast cancer because your mom and your grandma had it, then you just won't be, you know, don't fight for it. Just believe that that's not your truth. You know, another thing I'm hearing is money, mm -hmm. the edge of money and family. Yes. Yes. Whatever that might mean, whether you come from it and it's disdainful or you don't come from it and you believe you can never come from it. Yeah. It just, money is energy. For sure. You know, I say that all the time. Money is energy. So I heard somebody say, um, money is oxygen. It mm. just helps you to breathe through life differently, better. Mm. You know, when the oxygen is clear, you feel good, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know, there, there is nothing that we can't change in our lineages. There is nothing that we are bound to for all times because ultimately 
everything is all up here. It's all in our heads. So if you're listening and there's something in your lineage that has had you feel stuck all your life, decide that you're no longer stuck and commit to that unstuckness and watch your life unfold differently. It's like challenging yourself to shift that narrative and say, what if this wasn't true? Or what if this is true instead? Right. Exactly. What if I don't have to believe this way anymore? What does that look like? For me, it was, what if, what if I'm just not eventually going to one day jump off the deep end and be a crazy person forever? What if, what if that's not the truth? Cause I believed that it was the truth. I was like kind of counting down. I was like, all right, well, in time, this will happen. Um, and I had to really talk myself out of it and, and then remind myself that like, that's actually a fiction that I've spun that I don't even like the narrative of. It yeah. doesn't even feel good to think that. So, you know, I had to really, really shift it. And, and now I don't, you know, I'm at a part in my life now where I'm like, okay, I've been medicated. I think I'm ready to not be medicated. I think I'm ready to move on and just be happy. Mm, that's beautiful. You have the power to break your generational curses <laughs> and traumas and triggers. Yes, we all do. We all do. And, you have the power. I got the power. That, that song is in my head now. <laughs> we should like play it as an outro yeah yeah right mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. i yeah. think on that note that is i think i think we're ready to wrap it up here folks we say this every week and i i say it as often as possible it is such a blessing to do this this work to to be able to have this conversation and share it with the world you know share this space with you marina is always such a huge source of of strength and gratitude for me i i can't even explain it all the time you know just to be able to process all the things that are happening in the collective in this way, in this conversation. It's just, you know, I'm so, I'm so into it. I'm really into it. I'm really into that stuff, man. I'm really into that (laughs) stuff too, dude. I'm totally into it. So I'm really into you and I'm, you know, I'm into all of our listeners who tune in and, and, you know, give us our feet, their feedback means so much to us that you guys are contributing to this conversation. As always, you have suggestions or things that you want to hear us talk about send us those DMs. We are always in our inboxes. We are always checking. We are always curious to know what it is that you're curious about. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we just, we just want to keep this conversation going. So we have, we always want to just keep expanding on it all. So never hesitate to reach out. We love you so much.